This is Masters Cast, the first He Man and She Ra podcast, episode number seven for December 4th, 2005. Ho, ho, ho. Season's greetings from Masters Cast. This is our first episode in December ever. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Josh DeLioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And I'm Katie Carty, known as Rainbow Bright. All righty then. Who used to say that? Was that Ace Ventura that said all righty? That was Ace Ventura, yeah. All righty then. All righty then. Katie is going to explain to us. No, that's an accent. Katie was going to <laughs> is going to explain to us, to our listeners, what our topic is, since she thought of this topic, and it's a great topic. Well, let me tell you what prompted this topic, first of all. Um, well, I don't want to get too far into it, because I don't want to offend people. But I uh, used to go to a Bible college several years ago when I was an avid Christian, and I still keep in touch with several alumni from this college, and they uh, have a website where they talk about whatever, and a few of them decided to talk about how evil Harry Potter was, and how they would never let their children read the books or watch the movies because it was going to turn them into witches, and they were automatically going to run out and become Wiccan and turn to the devil, basically. So I just got to thinking... Back in the 80s, uh, there were also many schools of thought that He-Man and other 80s cartoons were evil and going to corrupt children. Uh, so I thought we would have some fun picking that apart, because it's obviously not true, because those of us that watched it turned out quite well for the most part. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to spend some time talking about that. And Katie, you're also actually familiar with a book that was written specifically tearing apart uh, different 80s properties, correct? Yes, there's a book called Turmoil in the Toy Box by Phil Phillips. It was, when did it come out? 1986? Yes. I believe. Um, and it basically takes just about 80, every 80s cartoon property and rips it apart, talking about how horrible every single aspect of it is and how it's going to corrupt children. And it's really laughable if you get this book. I got a uh, used copy of it off of eBay several years ago because I was just too curious to see what they could say about Rainbow Bright that would make her evil. Uh, but it, there is a section about He-Man as well as several other cartoons. Do you want to go through that little list we have, Shadow? Yeah, I actually just ordered a copy of the book used, of course. Uh, it's out of print by now, but I wouldn't want to give this guy any of my money. I'll tell you that much. So I bought a basically $1 used uh, copy, and I can't wait to read this, because when you said this to me, I was like, oh my, this is just something I have to read just so I can experience it. But uh, if you look on Amazon.com, uh, the, the cover has you know Rainbow Bright, Smurfs, G.I. Joe, Castle Grayskull, Barbie, a Cabbage Patch Kid, Skeletor, He-Man, Darth Vader, Yoda, a My Little Pony, Transformers, Care Bears. Ooh, Care Bears, they're so satanic. <laughs> But, and I love how they put like a little evil look on the Care Bears face almost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to well, zoom in to see the, it maybe. But... I mean, the Cabbage Patch Kid almost looks like a Garbage Pail Kid. that Like yeah. it's ready to attack you. <laughs> <laughs> that, my Little Pony, its eye is kind of looking yeah, a little crazy. Looks like he's about, <laughs> that My Little Pony is about to like rip off He-Man's head. <laughs> 
You know, there's something wrong when a cover of a book is this laughable. The inside is can't be much better. Well, one thing that's uh, driving us nuts is uh, if anyone else goes and looks at the um, cover of the book, there's this little red elf guy has a little red outfit and a weird little pointy hat and a and a yellow collar. We don't know who this is. And I believe he's holding a dagger. Yeah, some type of like <laughs> sword or yeah, dagger knife thing there. And I, I'd really like to know who this is. I have no idea who it is. I'm, I, I'm stumped. But I think the main thing, the main argument they had against probably all of these properties is that they use some form of magic. Now, it's not the put a bunch of ingredients in a cauldron, boil it, say an enchant, you know, an incantation and something pops out kind of magic. This is just innocent, make things happen that don't normally happen in real life types of magic. And it drives me crazy that they think that is going to make kids want to get into the occult. I mean, come on, give humans some credit for brains here. Yeah, why can't we have a little, why can't our imaginations, you know, become alive? What, what do you want me to sit and imagine about? Oh, I'm going to be a lawyer when I grow up. Let's, 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 you know, pretend that. Why can't we have some fun? Exactly. From it. Yeah, I Sorry, agree. My I mean, I... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I agree. My, uh, you know, I was a huge Masters fan. Loved uh, role-playing Skeletor or whatever. But, you know, I wasn't planning on becoming a skull-faced villain in adulthood. It's sort of ridiculous. I, I mean, you get all that kind of stuff about video games nowadays influencing people. Pokemon, when that was big. Oh, God, Pokemon. That's horrible. You know, Harry Potter. Oh, heaven forbid. They use magic and they go to a magic school. Oh, you know, scary yeah. stuff. But yeah, these people I was talking to were trying to make the point that Harry Potter was so different than Lord of the Rings or Star Wars because... They actually are called witches and wizards. Hello, Gandalf is a wizard. It's not that different just because they go to a school where they teach witchcraft. You know, they try to make it this big deal that kids are, you know, because it's set in current times that kids are going to think this is real and run out and try to learn these spells. Yeah. And something really, and something really sad about this whole situation that's arisen over the last 20 plus years is that this sort of uh, these sort of things in stories, and particularly like particularly in children's stories, have have been part of this genre, the fantasy genre, for centuries. Uh, you know, you've got the Wizard of Oz, you've got all of the classic fairy tales, you've got Merlin from the Arthur uh, legends. This was never an issue, really, um, until recently. You know, even back in the early to mid uh, 20th century when we had the, the Wizard of Oz film. There was a, you know, the good witch of the North and the, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Not really that far removed, magic, uh, all that sort of thing, not really that far removed from what we're talking about. And uh, it wasn't an issue even in, during, you know, a much more conservative period of time, you know, the first part of the 20th century. Are you sure there wasn't? I don't. Not, I'm. I'm getting not nearly what it's of, become now. I can't. I don't know what point. year the Wizard of Oz came out, but I was there. Some type of, some type of backlash besides you know showing of a belly button on like I Dream of Genie and uh, <laughs> Bewitched. 1939 is when the film came out, actually, and there may have been some slight 
problems. But by that point, the books had already been out for 40 or 50 years. It wasn't nearly the issue that it is today. Well, look at something like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the Disney film. Mm-hmm. What When you count in, in inflation, it's one of the highest grossing you know, films. This was geared towards children. Scary for a child to watch that. Magic. Evil queen who's a witch. And yeah, people, my brother had nightmares about her for And years. people loved, I mean, people flocked back then to take their children to see that movie. I don't see the problem with, with, with the 80s cartoon properties. Or even the more recent Harry Potter phenomenon that's caused probably the biggest stir uh, of any of those type of things over the last few years. I think a lot of times people use that as an excuse for parenting skills that they lack. See, my mm-hmm. problem a lot of this is I'm a big fan of television. And one of the things I don't really agree with is a place called the Parents Television Council, where they, you know, they monitor TV shows. They give it a rating. If they're outraged by the content on one of the shows, they have all their followers write in letters to the advertisers that were on Etc. You know, something like a show like Desperate Housewives, they definitely wouldn't approve of things like that. And it's just to me, it just screams, well, where's the parent? If you don't want your children to watch, say, Desperate Housewives, don't let them watch Desperate Housewives. And I understand parents work these days and everything, but there's a, you know, there's a way you can do this. I think. And if you really feel that, you know, He-Man is going to have a bad influence, well, sit down with your child, ask them questions. Do you really think if you get a sword, you can say something, lightning bolt will hit you? You know, exactly. I, I, I don't think any kid ran out in a lightning storm with a, a metal sword trying to turn into He-Man. <laughs> that would be a great story if they did, though. Not really. He might get electrocuted. Well, no, I didn't say it was a great thing to do. I said it'd be a great story to tell. Sure. You know what? I bet you somewhere on the, the dot org, there are... There's at least one person who tried that as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Master's Cast does not advocate anyone going outside in a lightning storm with a metal sword. Not Not even with a plastic sword. Don't go in out a lightning storm storm at all. Yeah. (laughs) Is is your car, just to go off on a little, little sidebar, they always said your car was the safest place to be in a rainstorm where there was lightning because of the rubber tires and i heard it wasn't actually because of the rubber tires or tires or something but but it is safe is it safe to be in your car anyone know? i don't know you're in a big metal object that's what i was that saying would yeah not be a smart although tire. aren't cars a lot of plastic now they're still largely steel though i guess that's true you got a, you got a metal frame and the the outer parts of the car are all metallic so it's hmm. a good question i'll have to google that everyone <laughs> Master's Cast, determined the safest place to be during a lightning storm. We're here (laughs) for you. Now, y'all will have to refresh my memory, but was there ever an episode of of He-Man where someone used, like, a spell to make something happen? Usually it seems like they were just pointing a staff or, you know, something of that nature, especially Skeletor, to make things happen. Madame Raz and Shadow Weaver would. And Orko, oh, that's definitely. True. That's true. But Orko but, seemed uh, more like a little magician as opposed to a wizard. But you're right, though. When he went to Trolla, he was very powerful. So, okay. But in any case, what is the harm? 
of me going around and saying something and pretending that, I don't know, a remote control floats to my hand. I did that when I was a kid. You know, I would be like, you know, point my finger and like- Use um, the force, yeah, shadow. No, it was all about My Favorite Martian. You remember that show? My Favorite Martian? He, he would, uh, the Martian guy would use his finger to, I have a great story about this. This is not He-Man related, but I'm going to tell you about because it really enraged my, my parents when this happened. I used to go to what was called story, story hour at my local library when I was a little kid. And I was really into watching reruns of My Favorite Martian. And what he had was he had like a magic finger where, and no, not that type of magic finger. He would have a magic finger <laughs> and he would point at things. You know, he could make it float up, you know, in the air and move things around with his finger. Okay. And it would make a cool little sound effect noise. And I would imitate that with my voice. Well, I went to story hour and somehow they were, I don't know what they were bringing up, but somehow they got me to say where I thought I had, you know, a magic finger. And the librarian or whoever was doing the story hour, like, called me on the carpet on it. And she was like, well, if you have a magic finger, then prove it to all of us. Oh, my God. Talk about killing a child's imagination. But did she kill shadows? No, she did not. I said, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My finger must be on the brink. And it just wasn't working. <laughs> But, but in any case, my mom was actually, you know, pretty angry about that. It's like, how, why would you say that to a child? And I think it all goes back to that is, you know, trying to slap the imagination in the face. That's how I feel when you're trying to censor these things like Harry Potter, He-Man, Pokemon, any of that. You're really just trying to stunt a child's imagination. That's, that's the point of view I'm coming from on, mm -hmm. on that argument. And two, look at, uh, you know, the Halloween holiday, which has also got a lot of controversy around it, but it's one of it's actually the second uh, one of the, I think it's the second biggest grossing um, holiday of the year in candy sales. It's a huge deal. Uh, it's a huge, huge deal in America, much more so than a lot of the rest of the world. But the stuff in Masters is nowhere uh, near the the. Uh, you know, as offensive to those particular groups, um, as a lot of the, the stuff that goes on, you know, at Halloween every year, which I love Halloween. Um, uh, but a, a lot of these people have completely lost perspective. Mm -hmm. Halloween's also marketed, you know, to children, you, you, kids dress up as vampires and witches and whatever. And, uh, you know, they've completely lost, uh, lost any sort of perspective when they start tearing apart things like, masters and harry potter and you know and then even when it gets even more ridiculous like trying to tear apart things like the care about care bears and my little pony i know and really can you get even how can you get more sugary than my little pony and the care bears yeah i All mean what i to you, do is get you to care <laughs> <laughs> one thing yeah, i guess we don't want our kids to care <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> halloween and i just thought this would be a nice little thing did either of you ever dress up as a, a he-man or she-ra character for halloween I had the She-Ra set, you know, the, I think it was like a sword, shield. Oh, and the, the, and the crown? Or, yeah. And were there kind of armbands or something? I don't remember exactly. But I remember getting that as a gift, I believe at my sixth birthday party when I was actually dressed up as Rainbow Bright. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I actually dressed as She-Ra for Halloween, but I had this set, so I probably wore it around the house a good bit. Josh? 
Um, I sort of did, actually. Uh, when I was a teenager, um, I think I was about 15 at the time, I wasn't going trick-or-treating, but I put together uh, a sort of simple Skeletor costume, skull mask, hood, cape, the crossbones on my chest, the whole deal, completely covered myself so that you, no part of me was visible. And that same year, we had done a paper mache mummy, and we sat the mummy out on the front porch for the trick-or-treaters that were coming by. It was sort of a spooky thing. I sat in uh, a chair out there with the bucket of candy in my lap. Uh-oh, and I know where this is going. <laughs> pretended to be a dummy. <laughs> there was this one poor little kid who came up to get some candy, and while he was distracted, I stood up very quietly, walked up to him, and he turned around, and here is this Skeletor-type person looming over him. You never saw a kid run so fast, <laughs> screaming down the street. I'm horrible, terrible. My sister dressed up as She-Ra um, when she was about six or seven for Halloween. She had gotten probably a similar or the same set uh, that you were just talking about, Katie, um, with the sword and the the uh, the uh, tiara and the whole deal. And then my uh, mom had sewed together a replica of the skirt and the, you know, all the rest of the costume. And she went to Shira. So, um, always wanted to, the biggest thing for me, uh, always, this has been one of my biggest <laughs> flaws over m- the course of my entire life is that I tend to be a perfectionist to the extreme. And because I didn't have the build of a He-Man figure, yeah. I didn't want to go as one of the He-Man characters, which is absolutely ridiculous, I realize now. Um, I do hope eventually to uh, put together a elaborate costume for Comic-Con in one of these years. I've considered doing that for quite some time. So. I was never uh, a He-Man character for for Halloween that I can remember. I did have the uh, Ben Cooper He-Man costume, which was the vinyl type thing that would look like He-Man, like... And you would put it on, and he had a He-Man mask. And I had that as a child, but I seriously do not recall wearing that for trick-or-treating. I know I was Scrooge McDuck once. So there's an <laughs> 80s cartoon, because my best friend at the time was uh, a G.I. Joe, and I was Scrooge McDuck. So I was Alvin <laughs> from the Chipmunks one year. <laughs> See, I could have easily turned that into Orko, just remove the A and put an O. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You, you know, but, another thing I should point out there, too, I got... Um, I did have several of the role-playing sets that came with the swords and things as well. I had the, I think, one of the bigger He-Man ones that came with the shield, sword, belt, wrist cuffs. Um, And I had a smaller Skeletor one that had the sword, shield, and uh, his little belt thing, whatever that thing is that he wears around his waist that hangs down. And uh, so I did own both of those as well. My sister was She-Ra for Halloween once, but this was actually way after She-Ra had already gone off the air. And a few people did recognize who she was. I was quite happy. Cool. Yeah, we've seen some She-Ra and Tila. What other costumes have we seen at, seen at Comic-Cons the last few years? Uh, Orko. Tila, yeah. Frosta, yes. Oh, yeah. That Frosta costume, costume was very well done. Yeah. I believe she said next year she's going to be Catra. Awesome. So that'll be interesting. 
but yeah, we had a She-Ra, of course, was a professionally done one. And then we also had a an actual She-Ra fan dressed as She-Ra. Mm-hmm. And you had Evil Lynn, professionally done by Mattel. Same with Tila. And then also a fan Tila and a fan-made Orko. So that's pretty cool. Gotta love it when the fans dress up. Maybe one day I'll just host Hordak and you'll be like, Hordak is the man. <laughs> you know what we should do one of these years is the three of us, if we're going to be at a Comic-Con together, get costumes together, picture of us all in our costumes for the Masters Cast website. That would Ooh. be awesome. That's a good idea. But who am I going to dress up with? I can't make a Hordak costume. Think of how long it would take to make that mask. You've already got a mask, <laughs> don't you? Do I have a Hordak mask? Oh, I do have a Hordak mask. Dork. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it could be done. Although it would probably look better if you made one. And I mean, think about it. You could use it year after year at the Comic-Cons. True, but how am I going to get a big... I'm such a... I worry about flying and everything. I have to mention I have this huge demonic mask with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, ship it out first. Ship it to the hotel? Like, ship it to the hotel, or you could ship it to me. I live, like, an hour from the Comic-Con, and I can bring it with or something. Oh, that's right. Hmm. Well, we'll There's see. Options, Shadow. There's I, I have I have great respect for anyone that goes to a comic convention and dresses up, because I don't know if I seriously could do it. Sure, oh, I totally you could. Would. You got practice being my groupie this past year. That's true. So- <laughs> Rainbow Bright was dressed as Rainbow Bright. We'll forgive her since she wasn't dressed as He-Man character, but I just don't have one of those costumes yet. But I'm I'm she, thinking about she it. even you even got press time. You're interviewed for the television. Yeah, that was cool. So great things totally can happen. Off topic now. <laughs> well, this this episode is now have been has now been retitled. This episode okay. is now called Everyone. This is all the He-Man is not evil and He-Man Neither during is. Halloween episode. <laughs> Because it all kind of fits, if you really think about it. Since uh, I'm sure the book, if they didn't say this, I'm sure the author of the book that we were talking about would not have approved of dressing up as these people for Halloween or probably Halloween in general. That's probably true. So I think we're I think we're good on that. Some other things that we can mention about uh, Halloween, there were He-Man and She-Ra goodie bags, probably for a birthday, but I believe my mom got them to hand out... Uh, to some of the special neighbor kids during Halloween. So I thought that was pretty cool of her. Very cool. And I, as for He-Man costumes for Halloween from Ben Cooper, I know there was He-Man. I know there was Skeletor. I know there was King Hiss, actually. I saw that on eBay recently, and there's Hordak. Do you guys know of any others? Of the role-playing sets? No, not of the role-playing sets, of the actual... Uh, ben Cooper Halloween costumes. Oh, right, they come right, with the right. mask and the vinyl you know, I, replica. I despise those costumes, so I have no idea. But they're great for the mask. I mean, the mask looks cheap that and That He-Man breakable. mask kind of scares me. But, well, you didn't see it in person. <laughs> Maybe I'll be Prince Adam for the... <laughs> and I'll wear that mask. You know what I did <laughs> see on, on eBay once related to that, that I, I would have loved to have gotten, but the price went way beyond anything I could possibly afford was uh, dated 1984, and I don't remember what company produced it, but there was actually a, uh adult rubber Skeletor mask. Oh. And uh, that would have been a very cool item to have. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually, on eBay, too, they had costumes. Uh, some people were selling them from in-store appearances of, say, Hordak and Battle Armor He-Man. 
like full-sized adult costumes that, you know, an actor would have went to a toy store in the 80s to advertise the Yeah, I've the seen show. Rainbow Bright versions of those. Oh, I would have loved yeah. to have the Hordak and, and Battle Armor He-Man one. I just, I didn't even look at it because I knew the bidding would go sky high. But uh, those, those looked great. I, I mean, of course, they're a little over-exaggerated, you know, big and bulky. But to own one of those, whoever won those, that's uh, you better come to a comic convention dressed as uh, right <laughs> as Battle Armor He Man. I would have loved that Battle Armor He Man rules everyone. <laughs> I know I always wanted the uh, the rest of the role playing. I actually now sadly do not own any of the role playing costumes, but I, I do hope eventually to reacquire those. Well, this fits. They in. had a couple of those for the Battle Armors as well. Yeah, this fits in. I'm sure they didn't want us dressing up as our demonic '80s cartoon property either i mean i'm sure he was quite angry at any girl who wore a pink dress and might have resembled jim <laughs> how dare they because actually jim might have been okay no magic involved there there's yeah. magic in jim is there yeah. really well I've yeah she, jim. i thought jim was just a yeah there's like this uh man there's this magic uh holographic computer right and and when uh jerica who's jim's alter ego not as foxy as Adora, but but she's up there. <laughs> she touches her earring, right? And what does she say? Show, showtime synergy? Yeah. Something like that. And uh, then the earrings project these magical holograms over her and she looks like Jem. So I know you All could right. make the argument that it's a hologram, but it's still it's like magic. Yeah. Yeah. I, he may. Yeah, I don't know. You, you could argue that that's science fiction versus fantasy. And sci-fi traditionally does not have as much uh as much controversy surrounding well he had he had darth vader and yoda on the cover of the book right but that's fantasy star wars is star wars but they have science fiction in that too it's like both it does well so does masters though yeah well so i forget where i was they're they're both heavily (laughs) influenced by fantasy the magic and you know the force is essentially magic there's no, you know, scientific way of explaining that away, you know. Whereas on like something like Star Trek, say, um, or Babylon Five, it's all very uh, scientifically based, and those kinds of things don't get the controversy. That any anything that it starts to border into magical or the supernatural, that's when the ultra conservatives come out screaming. Well, I think we can all agree that. And get ready for this very cheesy reference that all 80s toy properties that used magic are truly outrageous. <laughs> One thing I wanted to wrap up before we wrap up is the role playing. You were mentioning the role playing sets because I think those are good. here. I'm sure they wouldn't approve of us running around. I have the Hordak role playing set. And of course, I have the New Adventures Skull Staff and the Electronic Sword and the Light Up Sword. And as a kid, I had the New Adventures Dress Up Kit as well. And you were also saying, what else What else was there? There was the Battle Armor He-Man. Yeah, the Battle set. Armor He-Man and Skeletor. Of course, the regular, uh, several versions of the regular He-Man and Skeletor sets. Um, everything from really small sets that came with like a sword and shield and maybe mm-hmm. one or two other things all the way up to in a relatively uh, elaborate sets, there was a Skeletor one that actually came with a skull mask and things. Um, and Katie had stuff. already mentioned uh, She-Ra also had a dress-up kit. Mm-hmm. A couple, actually. So that's that's pretty good. So even if you disagree with us 
if you really disagree with us, why are you a fan of Masters of the Universe? Yeah, I think we're pretty safe <laughs> and in listening that to that no this. fan will disagree with this podcast. <laughs> I think we're we've finally done one that will not be controversial. <laughs> but if it is, be sure to send us a voicemail and we will be happy to address your concerns. Yes, maybe maybe you can think of a point that uh is valid that we're really like, well, okay, maybe we can see that, but I don't know. Walking skulls are fine with me. My children will know <laughs> the difference between fantasy and reality. Exactly. That's right. So thank you for listening to this edition of Masters Cast and if we offended you, I'm sorry. But why are you listening to this to. then? <laughs> I also want to mention that next Tuesday, which is December 6th, which is two days from this podcast air date, the Christmas special, He Managed Your Christmas special, will be out on DVD. So be there or be square. You better be buying it. It'll be a Best Buy. If you don't buy it, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, but I'm going to do something. I'll say bad. Bad Masters in the United States, uh, it will not be available at Walmart or Target. Sadly, yes. Uh, however, in Canada, you will be able to find it at Walmart. And, of course, in the U.S., you'll be able to find it at almost anywhere else. Best Buy, Suncoast, etc., uh, etc. Et Pretty much everywhere except those two retailers will have it. And uh, it will also be out in Australia. And the Christmas special, as of the air date of this podcast, has already been released overseas in the U.K. on Region 2. So wherever you are, pick up that Christmas special, watch it with your popcorn and warm, fuzzy holiday feelings, even if you don't believe in Mr. Santa Claus, which I personally know. I've met him at the mall and (laughs) I await his coming to my house on December 25th and bringing me lots of presents. I don't know about you guys. Well, if he comes on December 25th, he's going to be a bit late. Well, no. Yeah, he comes the after midnight. Of the, the night of the 24th. <laughs> no. Christmas Eve is the night that he... No. ...encircles the earth. <laughs> he comes on... No, because he comes Bringing at like... He-Man toys to like 2 a.m. on Christmas Day. Oh, at 2 a.m.? Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's... That may be when he comes to your house. But he's got a schedule <laughs> he's got to stick on. You know? What, how so he, always, he... he always came to my house around, you know, like 11 p.m., I think, on Christmas Eve. So. Oh, me must I guess for you, you, must you know, go to bed really three hours. Early. Oh, well, there's the three hour difference, too. Oh, that's true. So, see, he's so for 11 p.m. for me, it's <laughs> 2 a.m. for you. So. <laughs> hey. And may he bring He Man toys to us all. He better, because I had some on my list. Yeah, I need those new. Uh, Stactions. Yes. Well, one thing we will, even though this podcast is being recorded well in advance, the Stactions have started to ship. Wave two. Buy them now. Those include Clampchamp, Grizzlore, and Stinkor. Yeah. Who cares about the other two? Grizzlore is in there. He is a horde member. He is the man. <laughs> you know, before we wrap this up, <laughs> of of those three, who uh, each one of us, what what is our favorite? I guess Shadow uses Grizzlore. Grizzlore. And Katie. Yeah, I think mine's Grizzlore as well. Sweet. Ah, oh, not voted. Actually, more than uh, than Grizzlore. Grizzlore, I was never much of a fan of, even from the original. He was a Beastman ripoff as far as I was concerned, and I was much more a fan of the earlier characters than the later ones, although I do love the Horde, so please don't take that the wrong way. I um, do get your point, though. I, I used to get them confused for a while when I was a kid. People, yeah. people, Beastman and Grizzlore, two totally different people. Grizzlore, the man. Beastman, not the man. <laughs> I don't know I why Lorax. I have this phrase in my 
All Horde members are the man or the chick. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I, for me, very oddly, um, as a kid, I thought one of the most boring Masters characters was Clamp Champ. And I have been completely blown away with the new design that the Four Horsemen did for Clamp Champ. And I am looking forward to him much more than the other two. Well, hey, I, I will agree with you. That Clamp Champ redesign is slick. It is slick looking. I, I wish he would have appeared in the new Mike Young th- uh, cartoon, actually, instead of Fisto. I think the Clamp Champ redesign looks awesome. And I'm yeah, not going to comment on Stinkor because I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan of Stinkor either. He's a, he's a terrible concept, a terrible idea. I know, I know I'm going to get flack for that from the fans, but I guess <laughs> we couldn't do an episode without some controversy. <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, the thing with Stinkor... Um, if you know, if he had to be redesigned, which I guess he did, uh, they did a good job with him, and I certainly don't despise him nearly as much as I did back in the late 1980s. So, well, there you have it. Another great edition of Masters Cast. I'm John Callis, also known as the Shadow. I'm Josh the Lioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And I'm Katie Carty, also known as Rainbow Bright. Good, good journey. journey. I had to, I had to do that because it was a mini-dish that I had to run out.